What's your mom? A working mom. And what did she write? The working the mom. The working mom blueprint. blueprint. And what should they do? Go buy, buy it today. The Working Mom Blueprint is now available wherever books are sold. Go grab it for yourself, for a friend, for a sister, for a colleague, so we can help working moms, all moms, to thrive, not just survive on their motherhood journey. Welcome to the Modern Mommy Dog Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm a full-time pediatrician and a full-time modern mom. I speak and write about equipping mamas to raise resilient, healthy children and to invest in their own social-emotional health along the way. Each week, we'll give you the practical tools you need to win at parenting without losing yourself. Okay, everybody. I am so excited today because I have Miss Bethany Braun Silva, who is a writer. She writes about all things in the pregnancy and baby space, and she is going to share with us some wisdom that she's learned over the years in her professional life, and then also just about this idea of being a working mom, what does it mean from all the work that she has done? What um, what are some things that she's learned over the years and what's some advice maybe she can give to us and what can we all learn from each other? So welcome so much, Bethany. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you so much for having me. I am such a fan and I have to get your book. Like it's on my list. If I have a few minutes to ever for to myself that, that is like number one on my list the, the name resonates with me so much that I just I'm dying to read it so I just wanted to put that out there uh, I think the whole reason that we named it winning at parenting without losing yourself in the subtitle for the working mom blueprint is because we know that most moms feel like they're failing yes we, you know, and so we wanted to let people know, like, yes, you do feel like you're failing because if you measure failure in the ways that all the world says, you know, that you define it, like you do all the things all the time, then yeah, you're totally failing because no one can win at that game. So it's all about redefining success for moms. Absolutely. That's sort of what I'm all about. And I just love to sort of get into that with other moms and talk about it and talk about, like you said, talk about my own story. So I'm really, really excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So, okay, let's get into it. Tell me, how'd you start out? How'd you get into the space that you're in? What are some of the lessons that you've learned along the way? So I got into this space, I don't want to say by accident, but I was an actress. I had just moved from LA. I was pregnant. You know, we just, my boyfriend and I decided to start a family and I was really left with not many options for making money. So I, th- I thought, you know, well, I'm pregnant and I can certainly write about my experience being pregnant. And I live in New York city and I'm going to soon, I'm going to have to, you know, take this baby around and do things and have fun and what are the resources for parents so I started writing for a local mommy blog Um, it wasn't my own blog I was just sort of like their New York or Manhattan editor there and then I fell in love with it I fell in love with you know 
talking to an audience, uh, serving up content to moms who were really looking for it and just being out in that space myself, being kind of like a, a brand rep and writing about stuff and talking, talking to, you know, business owners about why they develop new things, new businesses for children. So from there, you know, that sort of has been, that's been my wheelhouse. From there, I moved on to another parenting company and led up com their community initiatives there. Then I had a stint in, um, you know, celebrity and entertainment journalism, realized very quickly that wasn't for me. And, then, <laughs> yeah. and even though I do love to talk to celebrity moms, uh, but it was more that like that sort of world of celebrity journalism wasn't for me. But um, then I went, I got hired over at the Meredith Corporation to help revamp parenting.com, which was great. Um, it was such a sort of legacy brand. So to be at the helm of, you know, redesigning and relaunching that brand was such, was so, was so such a thrill. And then for the last few months, I've been over at whattoexpect.com. I'm a senior content strategist over there. So we really am focused on products every, you know, from, like you said, from babies to mom, you know, postpartum, trying to conceive, but it's really a product focused thing. And I helped lead up their awards initiatives over there, their awards franchises rather. So the best mom must have summer gear awards. We just launched, launched up next is our feeding, our feeding awards. So that's sort of where my expertise lies in this role, like all about product. Yeah. Yeah. Which is awesome because moms need vetted resources, you know, and from brands they can rely on from, from organizations they can rely on that can give them actually um, some good advice because there's lots of chatter out there, right? So what to expect and parenting.com, both of those places we know are, are good places to go look for good products and also just good resources in general. Yes, definitely. So tell me what's been your journey in terms of the balance of work and being a mom now that you've gotten a little bit more into it because you had these initial thoughts about what it would be like and then what was your reality once you got into it oh my gosh I see the thing is I don't even know if I had initial thoughts I think I was just you know kind of I like to say I sort of birthed my first son and this career at the same time so it was just like nuts I, I mean for lack of a better word so I was a new mom at 27 years old raising this baby you know, obviously I had help. I had my boyfriend who's now my husband and support and a very supportive family, supportive extended family. But we all know when it comes down to it, it's really, you know, he, he was at work and I was home with the baby. And, you know, as much as you love your mother and your mother-in-law, they can't come over every day. So I was very isolated and that hit me hard. I was super, super isolated. I didn't expect that, um, the loneliness that came with parenting. And then also on the flip side, desperately trying to create a career that I could, you know, just kind of make something out of myself, mm -hmm. you know, as cliche as it sounds. So I had sort of set my sights on uh, becoming a writer and editor and media personality in that personality, but really just like an authoritative figure in this, in parenting media. And I just went so hard and really worked hard to do that. Um, and a lot, and I talk about, you know, we, we hear this, you know, work-life balance. Does it even exist? Does it not exist? I just don't know. And they've ne they have never existed simultaneously for me. Mm -hmm. So yes, you know, as I, and so we neglect our children at some point, some points we neglect our career. And then a lot of the time we are neglecting ourselves, right? In the mm -hmm. middle of that. So I think the biggest, you know, takeaway now that I'm kind of like 10 years in, I have a nine and a half year old, a five and a half year old and a career that I adore. 
and that I'm very proud of. I think the biggest takeaway is to keep going because, you know, no matter what it is, whether it's a career thing or a, a mental health thing to kind of keep going, but you need help, right? Like we always talk about asking for help. So at some point, especially when we talk about like the pandemic, I needed help. Like I needed to outsource things and I had, which I had never done before. Mm-hmm. So I've really relied on outsourcing, asking for help. And we can get into this maybe also a little bit later at my job, asking for things that no one's going to offer you. I don't, you know, I don't want to say not because not all companies are like this, but as a working mom, you really need to advocate for yourself. And I've learned that now after 10 years in the workforce that, you know, I, with my second child, I came back four weeks postpartum and was not offered a pumping room. I needed to demand, like not demand, but well, kind of a pumping room, right? A a private place to pump. That was not something that was even, they didn't, you know, they didn't even think of that. So just things like that, you have to advocate for yourself and you can't be afraid to advocate for yourself. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, I've told this story before, but when I had my first child, my pediatrics office that I was a partner at asked me exactly how much time I needed to pump and do I actually need a um, shade on my door in order to pump? I mean, like, what is happening? So I, I think it does take standing up for yourself and um, what a lot of experts are starting to call this like parenting out loud, right? This like, yes, I'm a parent and I'm an employee and there's absolutely nothing wrong with the fact that I'm doing that simultaneously because just like someone else is like a avid cyclist and they're an employee, like who cares? You know what I mean? Everybody has their own thing. And just this idea of seasons of life of, I'm sure that when you were first having your babies, that maybe you weren't quite as productive, weren't able to lean in quite as far and needed some accommodations that maybe other people didn't need in that moment. But then later on, we're able to come back with this perspective that you had that was able to actually inform your job and make you even better at it. And then some other person's going to need to take time off for something else, you know, for their knee surgery or whatnot. So in terms of equity in our jobs, that when you're thinking about for listeners, like, how can I be confident as I go to my employer? A, the landscape is changing. We have more and more employees who are saying like, I don't want a traditional job or I need to have accommodations for X, Y, or Z. And just that it does take kind of that incremental showing up of all of us for us to build awareness for everyone else that this is just a seasons of life thing. It's not a long-term thing. And it doesn't mean that we're not putting in our full effort. Absolutely. And I love that expression, seasons of life. I've actually never heard it before, but it's really sort of hitting home. And I feel like, you know, we go through that, like when you mentioned with the newborn stage, maybe you're not, you know, you, you have to leave earlier, you're taking long breaks to pump, and then you're back in, you know, when your kid, when you finally nail down childcare. But, you know, my kids are nine and five, and I pick them up at three o'clock. So I have like a window that I'm offline and my company knows that. So I'm offline from three to four. And if I have a babysitter some days, I don't. But, you know, I think what has happened in recent years is that, yeah, women are really, you know, they are beginning to advocate for themselves and it's just becoming okay. And it should continue to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um. When you were earlier on, were you always kind of in the products or were you also in the advice piece at the different publications that you're writing? 
Yeah, the product piece is very new to me, actually, only in the last few years. So when I started out, it was a lot of advice, reported pieces, you know, talking with different child psychologists. I think I wrote a piece about my my youngest when he was two about why kids why toddlers do these like really weird things like why does he lick me and then like, <laughs> so that was what I had previously done I um I previously was doing kind of yeah like more reported pieces advice pieces and then moved more over into that lifestyle product space it is time to run not walk to your bookstore or have your fingers do whatever is the equivalent of running to the Amazon store to online to purchase our new book. It's called The Working Mom Blueprint, Winning at Parenting Without Losing Yourself. It is a labor of love. I'm so excited to deliver this book baby to you and to help you really feel like you are winning at parenting without losing yourself, mama. If you want to also check it out at the library it's there borrow it from a friend however i just want you to get this solid information so you can start thriving not just surviving in motherhood what are the products that you feel like people seem to be the most drawn to i'm really interested in this from your perspective because as a pediatrician people ask me about product advice 24 seven. And of course, as like a fellow of the American Academy of Pediatrics, I try my hardest not to be like, oh, this specific brand on this specific thing. But I find that especially when it comes to products like skincare products or diaper products or products that are safety related for kids that I have to give them the actual product name so that they're not just like out there in the wind trying to figure it out for themselves. I actually feel like taking the best care of my patients means giving them specific, some specific product recommendations. So is there a type of product that you find that moms have the most angst about or get the most excited about? Well, I see for to answer the angst part, and this is also coming from my own personal experience, I didn't really understand the caution or the danger even around sleep, around infant sleep, newborn sleep. Mm -hmm. That was something as a, a new mom, again, I was not prepared for about, you know, nothing in the crib, no bumpers, like, you know, no blankets, nothing. So, and you, so that I think we talk a lot about sleep safety and I'm sure in your, in your practice, it's of, of the utmost importance. So I, when we are recommending products for sleep, there are certain products and I don't want to name them yeah. now. Yeah, so yeah. These are like, and these are products that are beloved by celebrities, influencers, people out there, but we at what to expect, we are not putting, we are yep. not recommending them. And that's also for our, and for our own, you know, personal, not personal, but as, as an, as an, and from an editorial standpoint, we don't deem these as, as safe. Right. So, but I think one of the more exciting things, and this is sort of what we're seeing, you know, kind of like out, out, you know, out in general are these really interesting, smart products for your baby, yeah. smart sound machines, smart baby monitors, um, there's this uh, this outlet sock that you wear that tracks breathing and heart rates and all this stuff. And even, you know, nine years ago when I was a first time mom, first of all, these products are expensive, so they're not always accessible. But I think it really kind of helps to offset that that mental health piece because for me, I lost a lot of sleep, not because my baby was up colicky or screaming or, you know, certainly went through bouts of that, but I lost the most sleep 
and I, I'm going to be very real with you and I still struggle with this. And that's my own anxiety thing is that thinking that he wasn't going to wake up. And so I, 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 so that was part of it. So I lost a lot of sleep, just kind of hovering over him, making sure he didn't flip onto his stomach. But had I had that really that great technology that's available now, these monitors that have these bird's eye views that, that can tell you that, that beep if something happens and will alert you. I think that would have helped a lot in my managing that mental health part early on. So if you can afford it, and I know there's some resources now where people are lending items like this and there's, there's different ways I would say, I would say that's where I would invest, you know, rather than the thousand dollar stroller, I would invest in the smart monitor that tracks breathing and sleeping patterns and will alert you if should something happen. Yeah. I mean, I think you're absolutely right that sleep is the number one issue that parents like across the board care about, which makes sense, right? If your child is not getting good sleep, it means they're also going to have more behavioral issues. It means they're going to have a harder time in terms of um, eating appropriately and not being kind of in that hangry spot when they're, when you're trying to get them to eat. Um, it's going to help them in terms of their relationships with other kids. As they get a little bit older, it helps us. So you get sleep. So it makes so much sense when I, when I think about my patients, when they come in and the questions they have, it's like far and away about sleep. And the other is about eating is about how to get kids to not be like picky eaters, what things to get them um, interested in other foods that are out there. Um, there's been some really cool developments that have come uh, up in the feeding area as well. I, a lot of times will advise my patients to use those kind of mesh strainers, yeah. um, like food feeders, so that that way they can give their kids like new foods and let them try it and have it be kind of that like more baby led weaning, but it's like in a very, very safe way, or even for teething to use those little strainers and have a like ice cube of breast milk or formula that they freeze and put it in there. So it's perfectly safe. And I think Thing that you're saying as you're talking about the sleep is about just anxiety in the postpartum period. And I don't know about you, I experienced tons of postpartum anxiety and depression um, when, with my first child, in part because she didn't sleep very well. <laughs> um, and so I think attuning to that as well, right? Like, what is the reason that we're hovering in the first place? Is it because we're not educated about what's normal for kids? Is it because we have like an underlying anxiety and so it makes it so we can't like leave it be? Um, or is it because we need the smart technology, which in certain circumstances, I think totally can be helpful and 100% safe, safe sleeping products that make it so that moms and dads can step away for a second, absolutely make a world of difference. Yes, I, I definitely agree. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it is summer and people are going out and, you know, going and exploring the world again. Like, thank goodness. You said that you're about to do kind of the summer awards. Yeah, we just wrapped um, the What to Expect first annual summer gear award. So it's sort of, it's, it's the best of the best um, for summer gear. And of course that includes products to make summer safe as well. Cause you can't have a fun summer if you're not safe. So yes, yeah, so we put the sunscreens, the kitty pools, the life jackets, the, you know, the, even like stroller sunshades. And this is all voted on by members of our community. And this was something that really drew me to the role at What to Expect. We have this robust community of, I, I mean, I don't know, it could, hundreds of thousands of parents, caretakers, and they are so involved. And it's been such a, you know, wealth of knowledge for me, you know, even, you know, even though I'm considered an expert and I'm putting up the, the quotes there, you know, I, this can just 
engaging with real parents in real time has been amazing. So yeah, so you can check that out over on whattoexpect.com, the Summer Gear Awards, see the winners. And um, as far as, you know, summer, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> to no. get out there and enjoy the summer with my voice. <laughs> totally. I know. So it's, I'm in Portland, right? So it's raining. Like there are raindrops right now. Um, you, I, we did not talk about this, that I was going to talk about this on the episode, but we might as well. I'm, I'm currently in my car. Bethany's in her house. I'm in my car recording this episode before I go pick my daughter up from preschool, because you know, that's how this modern mommy doc rolls and there are raindrops on my window and it's so irritating in Portland you're like waiting for the sun to come out and July 1st it happens and it's like celebration it's like a Woodstock festival every single year when the sun comes out here so especially this year after so much just heaviness and burden and loss and last year really an entire summer being kind of swept away from us um this is a summer where it totally makes sense to get out there um what to expect too I remember using it a lot when I was pregnant and then also I mean I didn't need it as much once I had my baby because I was a pediatrician but I remember it still would come and so I'd be looking at it to see kind of was it lining up with all the things that I was telling people in my office and you guys have some cool resources too for parents about what is normal, what's not normal when someone is going through a pregnancy and in that first year or so, how far does it go up? Um, I think we go up and we might have to cut this because actually I'm not sure. I, I think we go up to the second year, but we have, but you know, Heidi Murkoff, she wrote these books many years ago and they are constantly updated and she's obviously very hands-on. Um, but, you know, that is, you know, really sort of like the tenant of what to expect, that the resources are constantly being updated. We're constantly updating our content for the newest guidelines for parents, you know, around health and safety and pregnancy. And, you know, and our app really helps like with pregnant women too, just to follow along with their pregnancy is I think it's the number one pregnancy app out there. Yeah, no, I remember when I had my second daughter that my first daughter, we would look at, cause it has the little fruit sizes how yeah. big your baby is on the app. So I remember she would be waiting for like the day that it would pop up with a new fruit size for her sister. And then we would nickname her that for the week and then go back to something else. So totally, I mean, mama, you need to be using whatever apps, whatever like easy technology so you don't have to worry. And I mean, thank goodness you guys have already created a list. Um, I can recall with my first daughter, one of my friends, she put together this spreadsheet. It was like an Excel spreadsheet that had like, okay, these are the different like sleeping gear things. These are the different bottles. These are the nipples. These are whatever. And it was maybe 10 people that brought it together. But how cool that what to expect has how many members, like about how many members that are out there yeah, giving I their know. opinion. I mean, yeah, in, it, I'm going to look for you right now. It is, I would say, oh, okay. About 5 million monthly active users. So, and that's not just around product. These are people, women and, and parents coming on asking for, you know, advice on, you know, just raising their kids or, you know, what's this rash? I don't know. They should probably yeah. call you for rash. <laughs> yeah. Like, but is it really is, it's such a great community. Yeah. Cool. Um, the other thing I know we wanted to make sure that we spent time on is just this idea of ambition for moms and how you find your ambition, how you keep your ambition. 
for you, are there any secrets that you found that have made it so that you've been able to stay ambitious or has there been a moment where you've like said, I need to keep my ambition in check as you've had kids kind of what's been your journey with ambition? Yeah. So it's, it's been, it's been a roller coaster. Um, and even, even as recent as yesterday, I was like, I need to slow down, but then I think about, you know, we talk a lot about self-care and then there's this whole thing about, yeah, self-care is more than Manny's petties and massages. So I think first off, you need to find what drives you, what fulfills you. We always say, you know, you have to fill your cup before you can, you know, help and be a good present person for your, for your kids and your family. So what drives me, what fulfills me is being ambitious and pushing myself professionally. And it's kind of felt very taboo to me at first when I was coming up against that, like, uh, you know, asking, you know, people to, can you pick up my kids? Because I'm, I, I you know, because I, I haven't, I have an interview, I have a new job interview, or I am, I have an opportunity to be at this networking event. And, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to understand in my field too, because I'm not really climbing a corporate ladder. I don't see that I'll ever be a CEO of a, or a president of a company, but I have a vision of how I want my professional life to go. And that requires me meeting and talking with people and constantly kind of having my face and face out there and writing and appearing on amazing podcasts like this one. So it, it's really, you know, like right now I, I have my babysitter out with the kids and, you know, and I'm here and this is usually a time that I spend with them, but you know what, like I'm sort of, and to be again, so just honest with you, I'm just like, really like, I found this woman on Instagram. Her, I want to. I want to tell you about her because it's it, it sort of validated everything that I was feeling about. Just her name is Jen Full Fullweiler, and it's she really just breaks it down as far as like this role of motherhood, right? Like we're moms, but we're people, and just because we birth children doesn't mean that we have to. Like our whole being has to be around them and mm -hmm. their their whole, and you know, like kids are, it's okay if your kids entertain themselves for hours while you're doing what you have to do. And so that's really where I'm at. And I'm maybe not saying it as eloquently as I would like, but I think that it's like, I'm almost like past the point of like, give yourself permission. It's like, well, duh. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. Like, I'm like, why would you ever not give yourself permission to chase your dreams? Why would your kids hinder that? Like, you're like, that doesn't make sense. So that's sort of where I'm at right now. And where I'm like, I've seen, you know, after this year, I've, I don't know what it is. Cause I guess we're all stuck at home. So I've grown this online community, this virtual community of working moms that have been so inspiring and supported me. And I haven't even met any of them in person. So that's kind of where I'm at. And that's sort of the vibe that I'm feeling. It's like, why would you ever neglect yourself or your career or your passions just because yeah. you have kids? So yeah, no, I, I, I think that's right on. And it's, um, it's funny. So my husband and I were on vacation and, um, he is totally supportive of the stuff that I do, but he was having this little like crybaby moment where he's like, you know, you know, you're, you, you, we were at the pool and you had to do a podcast episode and whatever. And I was like, oh my gosh, no, how dare you? You're kidding me, right? Like, right. this is like one of the biggest professional moments in my life. Nope. Yeah. Take care of the kids. 
I will go do this business thing and then I'll be back to you. And it doesn't mean that I'm a workaholic or that I'm not like um, taking care of myself or taking care of my kids or that I don't have balance or whatever. This is the thing. Me chasing my dream is the thing that will make it so that I feel fulfilled and that I feel like I am making a difference and I am effective in my life. And I'll go do this thing for 20 minutes and then guess what? I'll come to the pool and have such a great time with you, you know, and then you can go golf or whatever, you know, whatever you want to do that makes you a human go for it, buddy. So I, it's almost like just this, um, decision to not apologize. I think for ambition, one of my partners at work was said a couple months ago, like, wow, you're one of the most ambitious people that I know. And it's funny because it hit me like, Ooh, I don't want to be ambitious ambitious people like are selfish or like blinded. You know, I always think of like blinded by ambition, but I think what he was really saying is, wow, you're a hard worker and you go for the things you want. And I think as long as we stay grounded in, it's not about performance, about what other people think about us, that it's about what are the things that fill us and that make us feel satisfied at the end of the day. And when I'm 80 at my um, you know, birthday celebration when I'm 80 and I look back and they say like, what'd you do with your life? And I'm like, totally. I was like a badass mom and I ran this like amazing company. Right. Um, I helped other moms. That's what, that's what I want for working moms. And it sounds like that's what you've decided on for your life too. I love it. Exactly. Exactly. Bethany, it's been so great to have you. Thank you for coming on the show. Will you tell people where they can find you if they want to learn more about you and your work? Sure. The best way to find me is on Instagram at Bethany Braun Silva. Um, that's really, yeah, that's the best way to find me. I post a lot there, uh, you know, musings, you know, stuff like that. So <laughs> and I also at, over at whattoexpect.com, I write occasionally, but mostly I'm doing more, you know, strategy stuff, but you can definitely check us out over there too. Awesome. I love it. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Hey mama, if you want more of the Modern Mommy Dog podcast, make sure that you click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd also be so honored if you shared with your friends and on social media with the hashtag Modern Mommy Dog. If you share about something that inspired you or that you learned from the podcast, we'll be sure to share it on our social media as well. Thanks for listening.